Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Um, And it's my uh, pleasure to speak to you guys this morning. And uh, I've had a message on my heart for quite some time when, um, if you've been around for any length of time, we've... We've just ended the Oxygen series and it's been about prayer and how we experience God and how we live continually with God. And, uh, and I kind of had like a message in my mind, like um, if, I were to, if I were to end the, me- end the series, we're not doing it, this, this, this is not an Oxygen message, but if we're to cap the, the series and go into the next place, I had a message in mind and, uh, and so I wasn't too sure if I was going to be asked to have this um, speaking slot, but I, I knew there was something in my heart for um, if that were to be my time to share, and uh, it was something that I shared last year at Young Adult. And um, I used to have this thing about repeating messages. I don't know if you ever get it, but um, I was just thinking that, why would I repeat a message? I believe God can give me more than one word in a week, so <laughs> I didn't want to repeat a message. Um, so, but God, I really felt the, the Spirit of God leading me to this particular message, which, is, which was um, a revelation from my own journey with God. And uh, while we're not having a repeat this morning, we are having a remix this morning. It's good to have a little remix every once in a while. Luther Vandross, uh, Michael Jackson, have a remix. And um, so this morning, I'm going to be um, starting in Numbers 14. Uh, numbers 14 is where we'll be begin this morning. Is everyone good? Yeah. Is everyone on board? Yeah. Is everyone fired up? Yeah. Has anyone had a warm-up jog next to... The people on Union Street. <laughs> I always thought that's kind of funny. Like um, I, I crossed Union Street and I kind of jogged alongside one just for a little bit, just to see how they react when you're when they're tired and you're fresh. And it's, <laughs> but I encourage you in your own time, right? Okay. Numbers fourteen twenty one. But this is um, God speaking to um, Moses, and He says, "But truly, as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt." In the wilderness, I have put me to the test. Now these ten times have not heeded my voice. They sh- certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. My message this morning is entitled Different Spirit. Years ago, I was uh, going through my yearly plan, and you know there's books in scripture where you just kind of you just kind of glaze over until you get through. And and this section in Numbers was was kind of one of those ones for me. I knew what happened. I knew that they were they were um, they were given a promise. This is where God was leading them. They came up to the promised land. They doubted, and then they were in a holding pattern until Joshua took took over the cockpit and they entered in. But but this time, I was really attuned. Like there was, I was going. I, I don't know if you can relate. Sometimes you go through things in life which makes you, I guess, attuned to certain things you, you read about. And I was reading this section, and then when, when God said about Caleb that he had a different spirit, something triggered in me. Something made me want to delve into that, to look at that phrase, different spirit, a little bit more. And this word different, it means following. It means further. It means wow. next. Wow. So Caleb had a spirit which 
made him look further than where he was, made him look, made him look bigger than where he was currently at, made him look at what was next. And that's the kind of spirit that I went on a journey for a few months just just investigating my own relationship with God in my life into seeing what the next was that God had for me. I wanted to be bigger than my circumstance, the things that happened to me. I wanted to be greater than the words that have been spoken against me or whatever. I wanted to be above and not beneath. And this began this journey for me. Um, Just curious, how many people know here, anyone here who kind of overreacts to a circumstance? Right, I, like pretty much everyone, some of us are the people that raise their hands, but I, I call them football supporters. <laughs> I like, I, and it baffles me that you can go through the range of emotions in one 90-minute period. Like, they're, one minute they're, they're jumping and they're hugging their friends, kissing them in the cheek, and the next they're crying into their dad's shoulders. And it's, and it's like supporters need a support group sometimes. And, and, uh, and I remember... Ten years ago, uh, July, well, over ten years ago, July 1st, 2006, was a momentous day in the nation of Scotland because England played Portugal in the World Cup. Um, oh, I remember it too well. <laughs> and, and, um, and I had, uh, around that time, I had people around and I thought this would be a good opportunity to get mates around and uh, we can have some drinks and stuff before going at the time. Relax, this is BC, right? This is, everyone has a before Christ. This is what I did. So uh, I had mates around and it was about six of us and one of us was um, an Englishman, a Brummie to be specific, right? And he was an Aston Villa fan as well, so it was a hard not life for him. Yeah. <laughs> so we're watching the game and it's a, it's a kind of boring game and England are, they're like the, they're the losing end, but it's nil-nil and then it ends up in penalties and if you've watched enough England matches in the quarterfinals, semifinals that go to penalties, it's like England, they're done. They're done. They're, this, is, this is where their, their journey ends. And uh, so, so they score like something like one out of four penalties in Portugal through to the next round. And my mate, mate Mike is distraught, to say the least. He is down. He is, cr- well, Verbally crying, not physically crying, but um, and he's also drinking profusely at this point. All these sort of liquors, and then and then we leave my we leave my house and we're going down Union Street, and and it's beyond funny now because we laughed at him before when when they lost the game, and now we're having to deal with him whining, complaining, and we're just like, are you, are you going to be like this all night? And he's just and he's just crying, just shouting to random people. We're just like, oh my. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say his name. Um, <laughs> the true story. Um, and, uh, and he's whining and complaining. And, and um, one of us had their phones out. I don't know if it was me, but it found its way on Bebo anyway. We had his fo- our phones out filming him. And we're saying, Mike, you want to calm down? Like, you know, you're going to get into a fight or whatever. And quote, unquote, he said this. He says, I don't care. I'll go to A&E for this. I'm raging. <laughs> It was a sad day for the nation of England. <laughs> I can guarantee you not every English person was doing that after it happened. Yeah. Kevin remembers it, but I, can, I can't imagine anyone who he was here on the Sunday, that, the, day, the day after, saying, where's Pastor Kevin? Like, I don't know, he just won't come into church today. <laughs> like, I can't imagine hearing that. <laughs> but things happen sometimes that we don't fully we don't fully um, appreciate or we fully like. And, but the thing is, it's not what happens to us. It's what happens inside us that determines the quality of what happens around us. It's what happens inside us. What's going on inside us. And if the series that we just 
we've just been through has taught me anything. It's, it's to have a different spirit. When we pray, the very least that happens is it changes us. It changes us to change the way we look at something. The level of our prayer and the level of how we see something can actually be the difference between a burden and a blessing. Something can burden us, but when we get a revelation from God, then we see the keys and what it actually represents. Now it's a blessing, but it happens in the inside of us. And this series of this um, moment of life I was in, I was, I was kind of struggling with what I was being presented with and what was inside me. And what was inside me was agree- disagreeing with everything. I was listening to the naysayers. I was listening to, to, the, to the doubts in my own head and my fears. And I was just like, God, what you're showing me isn't right for me, isn't, isn't for me. I mean, God, you're flattering me, you're lying to me. But then when this different spirit came about me, something Something triggered in the inside of me. Yeah. See, the word spirit, we've discussed this before in um, our last series, but it's this word, pneuma in the Greek, but in the, in the Hebrew it's ruach, and it means emotional or psychological disposition, life, courage, wind, or breath. It's breath. And what is breath? What goes in, what goes out. What goes into us, And what comes out of us affects the quality of what's around us. And I had my own Numbers 13 experience. Where if you don't know the the background, what happens is Moses sends 12 12 men out to spy out the land that God has promised them. These 12 men were no ordinary men. These men were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. And what happened is they were the the forefront. They were the the main combatants, leaders. They They weren't just any guys. These were guys that were that can handle themselves in the battle and can have a leadership head on them, they were sent forward. And then what they saw is they saw a land of abundance. They saw, um, they saw like, one, two of them took back this, this cluster of grapes which they had to, had to suspend between two of them because they were that big. It's like food that's so good, you, ha- you, can't, you can't not go back to it, in it. And it's like that sort of abundance. And they said the land is filled with this sort of abundance. But then they saw the opposition. They saw what was in the way. They saw the problems. And then all of a sudden it begins to be a roadblock to their life. And I find myself thinking like that. that and I don't know if you can, you, you can pinpoint points in your life where you've, where you've seen something, you've heard something from God, you've heard a promise, and, and somehow you don't feel like you can access, you don't feel like you can break through. And God was giving me the, the revelation that it wasn't about breaking through, it was about changing what was in me, changing what was inside of me, so that I can see that there's a land before me that was ripe with opportunity, ripe with, with great things that God was, was planning for me. And, and this Caleb spirit, this, it just really encouraged me. So I, I delved into the life of Caleb for a little bit. And um, there's three things about him that I want us to um, go through. And, uh, and what was it about Caleb that, that separated him from the pack? Twelve men. Twelve men went out. Only two men agreed with the promise of God. And Caleb was spoken to specifically about having a different spirit. And, and, and I want us to, to journey with me um, this morning that Caleb, the first thing about Caleb is that he was all in. He was devoted to God. It says this in Deuteronomy um, 1 and 35. It says, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land of which I swore to give to their fathers, except Caleb, son of Yephuneh. He shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land. 
to him and his children because he fully followed God. The other week, uh, Heidi and I, um, we decided uh, to find a really creative way into how to break the news to all of our friends and, and all the people in our sphere of influence that were expecting a baby. And, and it, was, it was the news that I, I kind of expected to hear when, Heidi, when I had that phone call, but it's like, how are we going to tell everyone? How are we going to express the news? And we made this video that's kind of like uh, it, was, it was a play on mixed martial arts because I have a mixed martial arts background, and, and, we, and they did a video and then cut it down, and, and then we shared it over Facebook, and then we had a lot of comments coming back and a lot of kind words. But the thing about it was that only those who follow us or are friends with us on Facebook could see it. Yeah. See, our experiences are linked to who or what we follow. Mm. Caleb fully followed God, so he began to experience all that God was, had for his life. He fully followed God, and our experiences are linked to who or what we follow. Yeah. I'll go a little bit further. Sunday, the 21st, 2010, was the first day I ever set foot into this church. Back then, it was called Christie Natreach Centre, Aberdeen. And I sat over there, maybe in the third or fourth row back, and I couldn't sit, sit on my own for a minute before somebody came over and spoke to me. And then after the service, I was surrounded by a group of people interested in knowing about me, interested to, to get in my life. And, and then um, I was, after that, I was invited to um, the Young Adults, which I now lead, which is funny how things go. But, um, and I was invited and I was made to feel like home. And then what I discovered in being made to feel like home in the house of God is that I have fridge rights. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Ever, th- ever seen somebody come to your house and then they, um, they open your fridge and they take something out and then they make something and then they bring it to you? And you're like, where do you get that? Like, oh, I just made it. I just, just made it out of your, the, your meat and bread in the fridge. Like, but you won't say anything. <laughs> But there's certain people that you wouldn't complain over because certain people don't have fridge rights. But when we belong to God, we have fridge rights. We have access to everything that's in this house. What I find about belonging to church, about being home in church, about having a family, an extended family of us, is that I have fridge rights. I can take a blessing here. I can take a blessing here. I can help somebody here. I'm part of this house, and it doesn't matter how I feel. I can always come home. I can always make, invite somebody in. I can always give somebody food. Yeah. And when we're at home in this place, that's when we begin to see all of the greatness that God has for us. Yeah. It's found in belonging to the house of God, yeah. being at home in the promises of God. And, and Caleb had this spirit about him that he knew that so if God promised something, this is mine. Yeah. And what God says to me, I now take a hold of. He was all in. He was fully devoted to God. And what you're devoted to determines what you have access to. Number two is Caleb was willing to stand out from the crowd. He was willing to stand out from the crowd. He was distinct. It says this in in Numbers 13.30. While the the leaders are complaining to Moses about the the report they're hearing. and, And Caleb's quiet to the people before him. Verse 30. And said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He took possession. Let's take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Yeah. He had a revelation that it belongs to him. 
If God said it, it belongs to him. And uh, there's a, I'm not sure if many people in this room, you may have heard it, may not have seen it, but there's a movie called Wedding Crashers. Um, It's not a movie I'm advertising, I'm just illustrating. Um, And what happens is is that two guys, they they go through the newspapers and they're finding weddings. And what they do is they they go to the weddings anonymously to to party and to, to basically have a free party and to do other stuff and um, and they have uh, they have rules of conduct and uh, uh, two a uh, few of them are uh, that one of them is to um, always say if somebody asks who you are always say that you're Uncle Ned's child because everyone apparently has an Uncle Ned. <laughs> Second is to not sulk in the corner because that draws attention to you in a negative way. I would encourage that for any wedding you actually are invited to as well. <laughs> and then the third was to to you fit in by standing out. And I found that about the kingdom of God is that we actually fit in by standing out. We fit in by standing out. And, and I began to really journey with God about the unique things that he's told me, the unique things he's shown me, the special things and purposes he's, he's unlocking to my life. And, and while it may not be um, a part of what I'm currently in, it's something into the greater land that God was drawing me into. And he was saying, if, you've, if you're to fit into my plans, you've got to stand out from the crowd. You've got to stand out from your doubt. You've got to stand out from your opposition because this is how you fit in to the kingdom of God. Jesus says, if you were to be my disciple, you should pick up your cross And follow me. Our cross is our responsibility. Our cross is that burden that God has put in the inside of us. Maybe you want to reach people in your work. Maybe you want to maybe you want to travel the world and to see hurting people put in families. Maybe you want to see um, people that have been trafficked rescued. Maybe that's your cross. Maybe that's a way that God has given you to stand out. That God has given you to explore in the greatness that he's calling you to. That you can do, you can see, you can't even imagine the greatness that God has planned for you. But your cross is the access. But your cross is kind of, it's kind of awkward. It's hard to travel when you're carrying a cross sometimes. There's, there's places you can't go. You know, you're trying to go into where you used to go. And then you've got this cross and you're like, forget it. Jesus isn't going that way anyway. He's going this way. When we carry our cross, we stand out. And I love that about Caleb. When there's so many voices around him. So many, so many things that would, he could logically agree with. But he's saying, let's go up at once. Let's go up at once. For we are able to take it. We're able to do it. Let me tell you this, that... God will never tell you something that he's not going to give you the grace to do. God's grace is the access key to what we think is impossible. If God reveals it to you, it is not impossible. It is possible. In fact, it belongs to you this very moment. When we take a hold of that, we can see great things because when we belong to God, we belong to everything that he's ever said to you. If he's called you to reach people in your work. If he's called you to, to bring families together. That is a cross for you. That is a journey for you. That is a vision for you. And that's how you fit in to the kingdom of God. And he's began to speak to me about uniformity. And, like, and just trying to be around. Because sometimes it's just easier to agree with what's around you. Do you know what I mean? It's just easy to agree. But God, he's speaking to me. And he said that we're not... We're not lifeless bricks in a wall. We're not lifeless beings. We're actually living stones. 
Stones are unique. Stones are carefully placed into the wall to provide an environment for other people to meet with God. So it's great to belong in the house of God where your individuality is actually how we are unified. Where you bring what is God has specifically given to you, your personalities, your giftings, the things that drive you. These are the things that actually, we, when we meet together, they bring us closer together and see we have a greater purpose beyond our own individuality. We see that there's great things. And I love that about Caleb because when he belonged to the purposes of God, when he said, this is my land, and we're well able to overcome it, his family line was affected. See, when we belong to the promise of God, they're not just for us. They're for the people who will come behind us. So Caleb, he was devoted. Caleb, he was distinct. He stood out and he was willing to stand out from a crowd of doubt. And Caleb was also, he was also willing to see the promise over the problems. He was decisive. He's decisive. I love this in Joshua 14 where, where um, they've, they've now crossed the Jordan. Um, Joshua is now taken over and they're exploring the plains in which God is leading them to. And, and they're going to take more lands. And Caleb has this conversation with Joshua. He says, now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. And he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke the word of Moses to me while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so is now my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore give me this mountain which the Lord spoke in that day. For you've heard that day how how the Anakim were there and the cities were great and fortified. That it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord had said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh as an inheritance. I, I love that. That there's there's so much in that when I when I went through the studio in this remix, I um I uh, there's so much I wanted to take out of that, but I'm only going to take out a couple of things. So that I remember years ago, a year after I came to the church, and I went through um, various things. I was gifted with, with a um, gift for bass and music. Um, I was um, baptized. I was filled with the Spirit of God. I was, I was God was speaking to me about leadership, and all these things are happening. And then, and then I got a new girlfriend, and then I lost my job. <laughs> and then I'm looking back now, thinking like cynically, thinking like, as like as a, a shepherd, a pastoral leader, I was thinking. God, that, if, when you do that to, where that, when you let that happen to a new convert, that can raise problems, you know, like they're not, they're not rooted yet or, you know, and I, and I got this revelation that maybe God was trying to do something in my life and that, and that in that season of time, I knew that if God were to do all of these things, he were to take me through so many different things, he's not going to take me to this and then just drop me and abandon me. Yeah. Yeah. I knew there was something more. Yeah. And my problem then was, uncertainty with with provision with where i was going and the season of time i was in but many of us have different problems here some of us struggle with our health finances it it goes across the board but the common thing that ties them all together is time we all have this problem of time and i find in, even after i got the job that i knew i was going to get I was really excited when I got the job, but my excitement for the job faded after time. Like things are subject to time where things wither, things fade, and and sometimes there's just like a natural decay when things 
grow older. But I love this about Caleb. Man, this is, just, I, this is just awesome. He says this, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word, of Moses while, uh, word to Moses while Israel wandered in wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. 45 years have passed. And then he says this in verse 11, and yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so, is my, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Yeah. How does that happen? If I'm going to let somebody help me to move a sofa downstairs, and I had a choice between a 45-year-old and an 85-year-old, I'm going to choose the 45. But Caleb is saying, just as I was at 45, I am now at, at 40, I am now at 85. Yeah. Like... How do you get to that point? And I began to investigate my own life. But where is my strength? Is my strength looking in the future? Is my strength knowing that you know, God will come through for me someday? Like, where, where is my hope? Where is my strength? Where is my, um, like Kevin was saying, where is my source? But Caleb's source wasn't in, in, the, in the passing of time or in the someday possessing of the, the promised land, his source was actually holding on to the word of God. His source was found not in the promise, but in the God of the promise. See, I began to investigate my life and that my future is not just what happens to me. My future is not just the passing of time. My future is actually something that I discover and I create. If prayer does one thing, like Pastor Cheryl was saying last week, is there's decreeing and declaring, there's also a discovery. Like when we pray to God, we discover more about the world he's given us, about ourselves. There's a a scripture in Psalms where it says, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me, know my anxieties. In other words, let me discover more of me. Can I discover more that that can sometimes be that that, uh, mix in the concoction that doesn't make what you're showing me quite good? Show me more of me. And, 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 and Caleb has a spirit about him that he is not concerned with the passing of time because he knows it's a future he gets to create with the promises of God. Mm. Our futures are discovered and created by the words we speak and by the word that we're sticking to. Yeah. Well, let me encourage you that wherever whatever promises you have over your life, whatever hopes and dreams you have, can I tell you that it's not about the time, it's about the God of, that's over time. It's that you can take the hold of the promise right now and make it yours. And Caleb, what he didn't do is he didn't wait on the time to pass, he was waiting on God. I'm going to read three verses back to back and it's really solidified it for me. We can start in Isaiah, then Galatians, then Philippians. It says, Those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart, being confident in this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. We stay strong by waiting on God. God knows you. God knows what he's calling you to. God knows the promises that exist over your life. But be confident in this. That he who started it will complete it. Yeah. And don't grow weary while doing the good things he's called you to. Because in due season you'll reap. 
And those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall run and not faint. The keys come up, I'll close here. The leader of the nations, but he had more, I guess, more of a, more of a good rapport with God, if that makes sense. Like, he was never really told off by God. But, um, but it's one of those things that all he did was devote, devote himself to God. He just stuck in there. He just made his home with God. All he did was stand out. Who God made him, that's who he was. What God showed him, that's what he pursued. What God put in his heart, that's what he followed. And he was decisive. He knew that if God made it, if God said it, it's going to happen. So I'm going to stick to my guns and go that way. That's all he did. I don't know what, about, what is about your life where, where you are at this time, but, you know, where have we sometimes pulled back in our hearts? Where have we sometimes been indecisive? Where have we been just molded into what we're around? When we fit into the kingdom of God, we stand out. When God saves us, when God speaks to us, when God fills us with his spirit, it's not so we can be without, be like everything we're around, it's so we can change what's around us. It's a spirit of change, it's a spirit of adoption, it's a, it's a spirit that actually says that I'm not limited to my natural thinking or my natural world, I actually have a supernatural God, I have a supernatural promise that I can lay a hold of and I can change my family, I can change my lineage, it doesn't matter how my granddad was or my dad was, I am now a new creation, the old is gone and the new is here, it doesn't matter what was around me because I am in Jesus, I am now new. What I figured out is, while my name hasn't changed, the game has changed. And that I have more influences in me now. Spirit of God speaking to me, drawing me, speaking to me about this and reminding me about things that he's called me to. And and God is a God of second chances, third chances. It doesn't matter if you feel like you've squandered decades or you're in a holding pattern like the Israelites were. Today you can step into a new grace, a new anointing because it's the grace of God that's on you that can actually see you through any time you're with. It doesn't matter how much time has passed, be it 10 years, be it 5 years, be it 5 minutes. The God who's God of 5 minutes is still the same God of the 500 years Junction Church we're holding a hold of the promises devoting ourselves to the greatness of God being decisive of the plans that he's given us because he has plans that are way too big for us to handle on our own he's going to work through our lives he's going to work through this church he's going to work through what we give and what we provide and what we bring kingdom of God is a kingdom that we fit in by standing up. When we walk down the street, people will see the cross, people will see that we love, people will see that we care because of who we're with. And I love that about God. love that about Caleb. And what Caleb did for me in taking me through a journey of discovery is what God wants to do in each and every one of our lives, where we discover more of who he is, more of what he's called us to. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.